We doing good? Anyone get a lot of rain last night? A little bit of wind last night? You know, I was saying to my wife, because she was like, it's supposed to be really bad. I was like, I think because it was so bad last time and we didn't get a ton of warning, every time for like the next two years, they're going to be like, heads up, it's going to be really bad, right? So I'm like just hedging my bets when it comes to, to rain and stuff like that. But uh, it, I was just saying to Brad, side stage before, uh, before coming out this morning, it is wild. It's been a wild year. But the thing is this, it's also been a year that has been marked by God's favor and God's blessing. And, and this morning, I'm going to preach this message called, Don't Forget. Don't Forget. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down. I'm calling this message, Don't Forget. It has a little subtitle in there as well. I would actually say it's Don't Forget to Remember. Don't Forget to Remember. And I'm going to explain that in just a second. So let's read together. Go to uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2. Um, and as you turn there, this, this is a letter from a guy named Paul. And if you're unfamiliar with who Paul is, he's uh, kind of a big deal in the Bible. He wrote a lot of letters in the New Testament. And this is one of those letters that he's writing to one of his young leaders that he has helped train up. He's the lead pastor of a church in Ephesus. It's like a mega church. There's thousands of people at this church. And he's a young guy. And so he's just trying to figure some stuff out. You know, he's maybe a little bit overwhelmed. And Paul is writing these letters to him in order to encourage him in his faith and build him up. So what we're reading is, is this. When you're on mission and it starts to get real and it starts to feel like the mission is really big, here's what you need to do. And this is a beautiful verse right here. And so if you're there, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. It's going to come up on the screen as well behind me. It says this. Always remember... That Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is good news I preach. Or it says this, maybe if you have a different translation, it says, remember Jesus Christ. Raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel. So I'm calling this message, don't forget to remember. Let's pray together as we get into it. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it is living and active, that you are moving in and among our church. God, we thank you that though we have been through quite a year, God, that you're good. God, that your plans are firm, that you are in control. And so as we don't forget, but as we remember you, Lord, speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, quick show of hands this morning. I just want to know, where are my forgetful people at? My forgetful people. Put it up. Put it up nice and high. And if your spouse is nudging you, that means that you forgot that you're forgetful. <laughs> your spouse is just helping you out. Uh, I, I'm a forgetful person. I will admit it. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I have made like a beautiful latte downstairs and put it in a travel cup. And I put it on the stove because our house is like the stove is right by the door. It's not safe, but it's, you know, it, it is what it is. I put it right on the stove and I'm like, I'm going to remember to get that. But in the midst of getting my kids shoes on and jackets and hats and gloves and everything like that, I can't tell you the amount of times that I'm driving down Hammond's Plains Road three minutes later and I go, ah, my coffee. Like I just, I completely forgot. I completely forgot my coffee. If you ever drive past my house and you think, wow, the, the Lido's must be home. We're probably not home. I just probably forgot to turn off all my lights because I just, I forget, you know, like I just forget. I can't tell you the amount of times I've walked in the door and Em's like, did you get the milk? And I'm like, what? She's like, 
I sent you to the store to get milk, and I got, like, chips and, like, two other things. I'm like, right, right. And I have to go back because I forget. Like, I'm a forgetful kind of person. Does anyone relate to that this morning? Like, the, the, the leftovers that you put in the fridge that you meant to take to work that just end up becoming moldy because you just forget them every morning, and then you just sit there hungry at work. But I, I wanted to say this. There's a difference between forgetting something and not remembering something. And if you're like, not, not really, let me, let me break that down for you. Like, totally hypothetical situation here. Um, when M is getting ready on our day off at 7 in the morning, and I go, what are you doing? Why are you getting ready on our day off? And she goes, do you not remember what we're doing today? And I was like, no, we're apple picking. I remember this, but that's at, that's at 1 o'clock, right? And she's like, yeah, that's at one o'clock, but we got to get the kids up. We got to find the kids' clothes. We got to get them breakfast. I want to take a shower. I want to do my makeup. I want to look cute. So when we take family photos, I, I like the family photos. And so I have to do that. We got to get gas. We got to make sure we got all these other things. Oh, and by the way, when we come home, what are we going to eat? So I'm going to start dinner now. And I'm like, okay. You see, the thing is, I, I, I didn't forget what we were doing, but I didn't remember everything that was involved in the process. You see, this word remember uh, gets its etymology from the old French rememberer. And if you're French, don't email me on how I just said that. Just roll with it. We do it with Hebrew and Greek words all the time. Just, just roll with it. Or from the late Latin, here we go, okay. Rememorary. Yeah, it's good. Which means call to mind, okay? And these two parts of this Latin word, there's the, the, the prefix is re, which is expressing intensive force. And then the Latin word memor, or mindful. So what that word means is to intentionally, expressively, actively remember and bring to mind and be mindful of something that has happened in the past. And often one of the ways that we do this is through emblems. Any married people in the room got an emblem of remembrance for a vow that you made. See, the thing is, it's not like I forget that I'm married to M. It's not like one day I'm walking into the grocery store and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm married. I forgot about this, right? I don't need this because I'm just so forgetful. I have this on my hand as a sign of remembrance, an active and intentional mindfulness of the vows that I made. And when I look at this emblem, when I look at this ring, do you know what's happening in that moment? I'm remembering that rainy day, that rainy day 11 years ago, coming up on 11 years ago, where we walked down the aisle. Well, you walked down the aisle. I more panicked because it was raining so much where we said our vows to each other, everything that's happened in between then, where we, we, the reason that we decided to get married in the first place, I remember. I actively am mindful of something that's happened in the past. I don't forget that I'm my kid's dad. I couldn't forget that I'm my kid's dad because when we hear someone screaming, I'm like, oh, right, yes, that's mine. Yes, I can't forget, right? We don't forget them in Nova Kids, although I'm sure the kids' workers feel that way sometimes. They're like, where are those pastors? Come on. But the reality is this, that when I, when I find the hospital band that we kept of my son, I remember all of the fear, all of the nervousness, all of the excitement that would have come with that moment as you were in the hospital doing all the work. And I was like, you're doing great, right? I did nothing. You did everything. But I remember the moment. I remember what it is to be a dad. I remember the commitment that I made and, and the ideal kind of father that I wanted to be. We remember things through emblems. And it's different than just not forgetting something. 
There's an entire industry that's set up around this, isn't there? Like, think about, like, cards. How strange are cards, right? But you get a card in order to remember. Not, it's not because you forgot, and so you're like, oh, my gosh, I was walking through chapters, and I found this anniversary card, and I remembered that I'm married. No, it's you get that card in order to say to your spouse, hey, I know that we've moved on in a lot of things in our life. We got soccer practice for the kids. We got logistics that we're juggling. We're going through all of this stuff together. But in the midst of all of that, I remember my vow to you. I remember the commitment that I made. It's an emblem that we're giving as a sign of intentional, active mindfulness. Intensive, intentional, active mindfulness. And when it comes to any of these things, really, what we're saying through that and what we're doing is we're remembering and being intentional and mindful of something in the past that brings the power of that thing and the significance of that thing into the present moment. We allow the past to inform what's happening in the moment. Why do we do this? Number one is to honor it. Number two is to celebrate it. And number three is to let it guide the here and now. You can be sure that when I look at my wedding ring, this guides certain behavior. I celebrate certain behavior and I honor this commitment because of this emblem. Now, is it because of this emblem? No, it's because it reminds me. It causes me to actively be mindful of it. And in our faith, we probably aren't forgetting that Jesus died, right? Like you ever been sitting in church one day and we're singing a song about Jesus dying on the cross and you're like, oh! Dip, I totally forgot that that happened. That is so crazy. Like, right, I keep forgetting about that thing that you did, Jesus. No. And so we don't take communion because we all have low-grade amnesia. We don't take communion because we can't, rem we don't actually, like, we've forgotten that Jesus has died for us. We take communion because we are taking an emblem to actively remember and intentionally be mindful of what Jesus did on the cross, of what Jesus did when he raised from the grave. This is what is happening. We're taking the power and significance of what he did and we're bringing it into the present. We're not just leaving it as a distant memory. Well, that's nice for what he did all those years ago. No, what we're saying is what you did right then I am bringing that right now into this moment in 2023. And why do we do that? This is what Paul is saying to Timothy. He's saying, remember, intentionally and actively be mindful of Jesus Christ. This is what Paul is saying to his young protege. Church, we need to remember Jesus. This is why we need to make sure that we don't forget to remember. See, the danger is not that we're just going to forget that Jesus died on the cross. The danger is that we leave it in the past as a distant memory. And what we do when we come together and take communion is we bring the significance of what he did into the present. When we remember actively and intentionally and are mindful of this, it allows us to, number one, honor him. When we remember what Jesus did on the cross, when we think about what he did, it causes us to honor him. You've heard me say this before if you've been around our community. If not, I'm gonna say it for the first time to you. Worship is our response to God for who he is and what he's done. 
We honor God because of who he is and what he has done. And when we think about what Jesus did on the cross, there is no better representation of the love of God for you. We were dead in our sin. We were useless to God. Even our greatest righteousness, our greatest human effort, it says is like filthy rags. But because of Jesus, because of what he did, we can be made right with God. When we remember, we actively and intentionally are mindful of what Jesus did, and it causes us to honor him, to sing songs, to live differently, to respond to him in the way that we live and the things that we say and do. The second thing it does is causes us to celebrate his effect on our life. Do you remember what it was like before Jesus? Do you remember what it was like before you met him? Do you remember what it was like when you were still struggling with that sin, struggling with that shame, struggling with that guilt? And here's the beauty of what happens when we remember the cross. It says that God no longer sees our sin, but he sees the righteousness of Christ. When he looks at us, when we're in Christ, when we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior, it says that God views us as righteous and holy because of Jesus. What that means is no matter what sin you've done, no matter the worst thing that you've done or the best thing that you've done, God doesn't see you when he looks at you. He sees Jesus. And because of that, we can be in right relationship with God. We can know his will. We can be empowered by his Holy Spirit. That's a beautiful thing. We live differently with gratitude that although we were once dead in sin, we're now alive. Although we were once enslaved, now we're set free. Although we were strangers to God, we have now become friends of God. And the third thing is that it guides our here and now. When we remember actively and intentionally become mindful of what Jesus did, it guides the way that we live here and now. To live for him with obedience submitted to his way of living and his lordship, empowered by his presence living in us, the Holy Spirit. And the way that we actively and intentionally call to mind, though we should all as believers be constantly, actively remembering the cross, the way that we do it as a community of believers is we do communion. So if you, if you didn't get a communion cup when you came in this morning, I just want to, if you are wanting to partake in communion, this is for believers in particular. Uh, if you just want to throw your hand up, our ushers can come by and make sure that you get a communion emblem. And very similar to a wedding ring, very similar to that card, very similar to that band that I had on my son's wrist when he was born, this is an emblem of remembrance, an active choice to follow after Jesus. Oh. Thanks, Brad. Double up. Love it. It's the double portion right there. It says this in Luke 22, 19 to 20. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance, active, intentional mindfulness of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you, for you, for you. And if you're in this room and you're like, I don't know if that's for me, it's for you. 
The invitation of Jesus is he wants, he wants to bring you into that relationship with the Father. He wants to bring you into that relationship with God. He doesn't want the God to see you as not righteous. He wants to cover you with what he did on the cross. Don't forget to remember. Actively be mindful of what Jesus has done for you. So here's what we're gonna do. Is it, I don't know if you've ever seen these before. There are two little pieces of plastic. I'm gonna explain this. This is something you really wanna pay attention to. Get the bread open first or you will never get it. And then you're gonna be panicking when I'm like, okay, let's move on to the blood. You're like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. So get that top one open. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take the bread together. And as we do that, would you just actively call to mind and intentionally think about the words that Jesus is saying in this verse? He says it took, it says this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Some other translations say which is broken for you. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna sing this song as a church, so you can stand to your feet. We're gonna worship together. And as we take this bread, and as we sing this song, let's actively and intentionally call to mind and be mindful of the broken body of Jesus that sustained the suffering that our sin would have brought on us, but he took on himself. I want you to, in your mind, come to bring to attention what it would have been like as he was whipped and mocked and beaten and nailed to a cross in the name of love for you so that you would not perish but have everlasting life. Let's take and eat.
why we sing songs like this is to give words to the experience that we're marking in things like communion. To help you actively recall and remember what it was that Jesus did. Healed and forgiven. Look where my chains are now. Death has no hold on me. That was impossible. That was impossible before the broken body. That was impossible before Jesus stepped down out of heaven, became a baby in a manger, lived a perfect and sinless life, and willingly gave his body to be broken for you so that your chains can be broken, so that death doesn't need to have a hold on you. But he didn't stop with just the body. It says this, after supper, this is verse 20, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. Now, you just need to understand here. Previous to this, God had made a covenant with the Israelites. And if you are not born Jewish, you were not in that covenant. Which means the majority of us in this room were not part of this. But right here, right in this moment, it says this is a new covenant between God and his people. See, this is, we have now become the people of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Strangers, outsiders, called in by grace and by love. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. See, what we're doing in this moment is we're remembering that we are brought into covenant relationship with God and that by his blood, no sin, no shame, no guilt can stick to us and that we are made clean in the name of Jesus. So as we sing this next song, as we open up to what God is doing, we're gonna take this juice as a representative emblem of the wine that Jesus had, which is a representative emblem of the blood that he spilled for you and for me. So take and drink. Every 
burden every time. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every This is my surrender. I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to, whatever you want to, I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to, whatever you want to.
to do whatever you want to, whatever you want to. church as we sing those words part of the act of remembrance is about making room in our minds and in our hearts we live in a culture that is inundated with noise and distraction and stimulation and sometimes we just need to to just take a minute and go you know what I'm going to create some space I'm going to create some room in my mind and in my heart to hear what it is that God's actually speaking, to reflect, to be actively intentional and mindful about what Jesus did in the past so that I can see that come in the present, so that I can honor him, so that I can allow it to shape the way that I'm living. But the first thing that we need to do in all of that is acknowledge that Jesus is who he says he is. We've been preaching this series, Jesus Town, we're wrapping that up, heading into Christmas. What a great way to wrap up this series. Because at the end of the day, the teaching of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus is all in order to get us to the person of Jesus. It's all to get us into a relationship with Jesus. So I wanna ask a question this morning. Do you know him? Not do you come to church? Not are you slightly religious? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ? Do you have a personal relationship where you have said, I'm going to observe the life that you lived and follow that life to become like you, to do the things you did? Where you've looked at the teaching of Jesus and gone, that's how I wanna live. I wanna live your way according to your Lordship. And where you've had the moment where you go, but I can't do it. See, here's the problem. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What that means is that all of us make mistakes. All of us miss God's perfection. And the problem with that is that we're told that the wage of sin is death. What that means is that if we have sin in our life, we cannot be in relationship with God. We can't. Because we owe a debt that we cannot pay. We owe a life for every sin. So if, if we have one life but a million sins, we are in debt. Chronic. Worse than any credit card. Worse than any line of credit. We have no means to pay it ourselves. And the good news of Jesus is this. That he is a good God who would not just make that disappear because of who he is. He's righteous. He's holy. He's perfect. And he demands perfection. But the beauty of the message is that he's a good father who said, because you can't pay it yourself, I'm going to pay it for you. And so he sent Jesus the perfect, sinless life to model how to live, to tell us how to live, and when we couldn't do it ourselves, to die in our place so that we would be covered by him and clothed in his righteousness. Do you know that Jesus? Have you accepted the lordship of that Jesus? Have you said, I'm tired of living my way, I wanna live your way, I wanna be covered by you? Yeah, we're still gonna make mistakes. 
but I want those mistakes to be seen as righteous because of the covering of Jesus. I want to follow your lordship, and I want to follow your example. Do you know that, Jesus? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to put out that invitation to you this morning. He's saying, come follow me. He does it all throughout the story of Jesus. You can read it in the Gospels. He wants to invite you to follow him, to be with him, to become like him and do the things that he did in the will of the Father and empowered by the Holy Spirit. But it starts with you saying, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are, that you are Lord, that you were killed for my sin and raised from the dead. It says in Romans that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and he was raised from the dead, we will be saved. And so on the count of three, if that's you, if you want to accept Jesus this morning, ask him to be the Lord of your life. Ask him to forgive you for all your sin, all your shame, all your guilt. You want to start living according to his way, what he calls abundant life, with no one looking around just for privacy in this room, nothing super spiritual happening just for privacy. Would you put your hand up on the count of three? One, God loves you. Two, he has such an incredible plan for your life. Three, just put it up all around this room. Yeah, hands going up all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else want to accept Jesus this morning as your Lord and your Savior? Yeah, so good, so good. Yeah, you can put your hand down. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to just pray this prayer. And this is just to help you. This is not like a magic spell. This is just to put some words to what you're saying yes to right now. So would you, if you raise your hand especially, but would we all just pray this together? And if you're a Christian, this is okay to say because you already believe this, right? So here we go. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you rose again. I ask that you would forgive me for my sin, that you would come into my life, that you would help me live differently, and that you would be Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, can we give it up for these people? That is the best decision. That is the best decision you could possibly make. It's the best decision you could possibly make. That is how we step into abundant life. And here's the thing, that's a starting line, not the finish line. So if you, if you prayed that prayer this morning, there's this number, uh, it might not be up on screen. All you need to do is text the word FAITH to 902-903-2682 or go to Guest Central, that big yellow wall outside, and just say, hey, I made that decision this morning. Here's what we wanna do. We wanna put a Bible in your hand. It's got a great bookmark in there that tells you how to read your Bible and engage with your Bible. And we also would love to chat with you. So if you text that word faith or you go to Guest Central and you fill out the little you know, information thing that they have, we're, we're gonna follow up with you so that if you have questions, if you're like, what did I pray? Or like, what, what does that look like now? And do I need to, you know, can we chat? We would love to follow up with you and walk you through that process. Um, but so don't do it alone. Don't try to figure it out all alone. We're here for you. We're a family now brothers and sisters in Christ. So, hey, here's what we're going to do. Can we give it up for those people again? Come on, that's the best decision. We are, uh, we're going to go out with a fast one to celebrate what God's done. Yeah? All right, perfect. 
I'm not springing this on them, but it looks like I'm springing it on them. But I'm not springing it on them. So here's what we're going to do. Let's clap our hands. Let's stomp our feet. Let's move our bodies to respond to God for who he is and what he's done, church. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. Oh, my praise belongs to you forever. This is my testimony from death to life. Chris Grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Come together, sons and daughters. Bought with blood and washing water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father, our God. Finish what he started. Oh, yeah, our God will finish what he started. This is my testimony from death to life. Cruise Grace rewrote my story. I testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe if I'm not dead, you're not done. You're not done. You're not. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I This is my testimony from death to life Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. 
Can we give him a hand clap of praise and a shout of praise? You are good. It's good. Be blessed. We will see you this week.